Welcome to the Canadian Shaman. I'm your host, Karina. And this morning we're going to be talking and revisiting our last week's meditation, which is the death meditation. And the reason why I find this meditation so enlightening is because it gives us the opportunity to fully explore letting go 100% of who we once were and beginning the idea of who we are. So my question to most of you out there is, why is it that you feel like you're limited? Why is it you feel like you cannot grow? Why is it that there are limiting beliefs that still reside within your psyche? Here at the Canadian Shaman, I've really done a lot of research and listening and looking into myself and also asking myself, why do I return to this simplistic idea? And why do I house perhaps a need for what, what some are calling a triple threat, approval, validation, and praise? For me, personally, when I look at my life, I look at a lot of limiting beliefs and I look at why it is that I need such a exorbitant amount of validation and praise and approval. And a lot of it stems from my partner. I peel back the layers of this and begin to divert myself and my energy into trying to understand the why. Why I seek approval, especially from men and why I seek validation from men, and why I seek praise from my family and men. Growing up, I was on the honor roll and the honors with distinction roll, and it never really mattered how good I did. It was just never good enough. And that resonates with a lot of people never being validated, never being felt good enough, cared enough, to be done enough. And it was something that I am striving to avoid having my son go through. I do not want my son to feel that he needs anybody's validation or anybody's approval because he's just so content with who he is. I remember a moment in my life that sort of bubbled up to the surface just the other day while I was speaking about this with my sister. And I remember I was in grade two and I had a best friend named Lauren. And Lauren died in grade two in a very tragic way. And she actually choked on a cracker in her bedroom and her parents would let her eat upstairs in her room often and she went upstairs with a bunch of crackers and choked on one and her mother found her dead in her room. And I remember getting the news from my teacher and my parents and I remember my parents letting me go to her funeral alone and they didn't talk to me much about it. They didn't tell me about it. They didn't really help me get through it. And all I remember was that I had lost my friend and I didn't really understand why. I didn't understand 
how unfair it was, and I was angry. And this is a very traumatic experience, but it goes to show that I was able to carry on. However, not having someone there to support me and my small mind to understand what was going on created a massive amount of resentment towards my parents. And it also challenged me because I then lost a sense of who I was and my individuality, my competency and my worth. I felt like regardless of what I could do, I was never going to be good enough. So much so that my parents would let me slip through the cracks of this very intense traumatic situation without any guidance. And when I look at my son, I can't even imagine what would have gone on psychologically for me at that time and, and how immature I was psychologically to be able to deal with something that haunting. And it just goes to show that there are some things and some work that needs to still be done within myself. So I revisited my death meditation and went back to that time in my life at six or seven. And I decided to say goodbye to that little girl at six or seven in a way that allowed me to give hope to her, give peace to her and condole condolences to her and and try to allow her this opportunity to grieve and that's one of the main things I love about that death meditation is it gives us the opportunity to go through there and to go through this moment and to flip it back being a parent of a child makes me even more aware and conscious of what I need to do to protect my son and how little I can do to protect him. The idea that I would love to be able to protect him always is unattainable. The thing is, is that children need to understand loss and they need to grow and they need space to do it in. And I sometimes overbear and overwhelm my son because I want everything to be perfect and the best for him. However, in doing that, I'm kind of giving him a disservice. I'm not allowing him to experience the bumps and bruises of life. And even though I know he needs me to hold his hand, I'm trying to hold his hand without leading him. I'm trying to give him and empower him the opportunity to experience life in his own way. I also understand that respecting myself is going to turn into respect that he gives to me. And that's where a lot of, I think, parents and moms and dads go wrong. We do so much to try to protect our children that becomes overwhelming. And if we constantly throw them a life jacket in the proverbial ocean of chaotic emotions that life is, They'll never be able to learn how to swim through it. And if we can offer a sense of calm, a sense of sanity, a sense of quiet and listening, perhaps they will come to us with their own needs and, and worries. And that way they'll 
understand and respect our ideas and interpretations. I know for a long portion of my life, I have had a lot of pain and betrayal and rejection from my family and particularly my mother and my father. And I know they bestowed a lot of unnecessary requirements on my sisters. And unfortunately, it really sits deeply within our broken hearts. It has created our sense of validation and approval and sense of being pleased. And sometimes I hear myself and I only hear sometimes when someone speaks with me about the negative and what is negative about me. And the more and more and more I peel apart my layers in this state of grace and ease, I recognize how I need to honor my own inner child and ride a wave of emotion and simply allow the wave to ebb and flow and to ebb and flow and to let go so that I don't feel alienated or hold on to superficial feelings of resentment so that I can allow myself an opportunity to get back some spiritual energy and to reflect back on what would I think is a normal state of life. And so that's where that death meditation really becomes a place of grace and ease. And when I think about being in a negative mindset, I often ask myself, am I powerless? Am I defensive? Am I being defenseless? Am I a victim? Am I a victim of others? Am I going to continue to ride this victimhood? I know that life is unpredictable and can't be trusted or controlled, but I need to be able to protect myself without withdrawing, attacking, or blaming resentment on anybody else. I have to really allow myself the opportunity to go beyond control and beyond the idea of reason and allow myself to ask what it is that I need. And I need to understand that I have to give that to myself in a way that is healing, in a way that allows me to understand I am enough. And so where there is a way, there is a will. And when there is a will, there's an opportunity for us to allow our energies to heal. And even in our most despair moments, we have the opportunity to reflect on others and ourselves and take our control back of our own lives, which leads me right directly into the ego. The ego is a very unique and interesting thing and it has been created to help protect us, to help allow us to be a part of society, to help us foster and grow properly what is within us. And when we think about an ego, I often think about a shell, an eggshell with a chick inside. And it's only when the chick has reached its maximum spiritual growth that it will poke through the ego, breaking through and allowing itself to come into the world. And even though sometimes 
life will throw curveballs and strong hindering issues into our world it takes a great deal of confidence and a great deal of acceptance to ask for help and to accept it with open arms it takes a great deal of strong willpower to cut ourselves off from negative energy it takes a great deal of willpower to cut us off from negative substances it takes a lot of energy to forgive us if we collapse and fall back into the old patterns and a big part of patterns is understanding the why behind these patterns that happen some people want to go all the way back to past life some people want to go back to inner child work and some people don't even know where to begin and it is true there are elements of each one of those things that do contribute to who we truly are including our genetic makeup and the reason why we associate certain things with other certain things and how we navigate this but the truth is if we can stay well within our means well within our moment well within ourselves and understand specifically what the pattern is why the pattern exists who is involved in the pattern how it makes us feel and what we're going to do about it we can offset our emotional trauma some will use crystals some will use meditation some will use visualization some will use journal journeying and journaling but the greatest gift that i think we can offer ourselves is understanding our why a lot of the time our why definitely comes from where we were in life how we were raised and how we refuse to maybe feel this discomfort so for me when i notice myself in an opportunity to numb myself with alcohol or drugs I ask myself, is this really worth it? Sometimes I have to quiet myself and get really still and ask that my higher power guide me into creating myself free from dis-ease. I have to do a visualization exercise where i perhaps smell a favorite flower or a favorite scent or the way cotton feels on my hands or what it feels like to get into a beautiful hot bath with candles sometimes i have to rub on my arms and tell myself i'm a good person and i know it may sound 
juvenile, but this is how we begin to flex the muscle of our willpower. This is how we begin to create a state of complete relaxation. And when we are in our complete relaxation, we can ask ourselves, how am I contributing to this problem? What is it that I need to know in my life right now? And what areas of my life are needing change? And without judgment, allow the answers to pour over top of you, like hot soup over an ice cube, melting the issue away. And perhaps the moment that you're in right now, these questions may not be answered right away, but if you allow yourself the opportunity to go forward and really protect yourself, you may find that there are opportunities for you to find the answers to these questions. One of my favorite quotes by Lao Tez says that a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And I remember listening and being a part of a conversation where a mountain was brought into pictures and we looked at the idea of an ant. And even though an ant can lift 10 times its body weight, it can literally take one piece of the mountain and move it. And every step it takes, it takes a piece of the mountain. And ants can move mountains, just like we can take one single step towards our journey of change. Regardless of what you are going through in your life, if you take the opportunity to allow yourself to recognize where you are and understand the why that these patterns exist, you might be able to allow yourself a process to put your trust in your higher self in order to free yourself from physical and emotional discomfort. We must remember that regardless of what we've been through, just like my story that I shared with you guys today, that we have to really remember forgiveness is one of the key steps to freedom. It doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. It matters whether you're happy. And when we look at that situation, and when we look at who it is that we feel anger towards, like for myself, anger towards my mother and father for not acknowledging my grief at seven years old, I for a long time wanted to punish them. I, I held on to this crazy amounts of anger and it just caused me pain. So I did some things and I'll share with you what I did in order to release some of this past. I would sit in a space And I would say to myself, I'm willing to free myself from the past. I release all negative 
emotions, and guilt. I'm willing to forgive those who have harmed me in the past, and I am willing to forgive myself for harming them. I refuse to be where I am today, and I give myself the freedom to push through and I allow myself the opportunity to sit and feel that I too can take responsibility for what I am feeling in this moment. I take the time for compassion and healing for myself and try very hard to not judge myself and I pay attention to how much of this is at my ego and who it is me authentically. I would also recommend perhaps a mantra. Some of the most amazing mantras in the world are ones that are very healing. And for me, my mantra happens to be for the heart. I would sit or lie down and take the heel of my hands and press them together and the pinkies together and the thumbs together and peel apart my fingers, creating almost a bowl shape. This would be the lotus. And this meditation is about the lotus and seeing this beautiful flower in your hands. And if you're sitting there and you're allowing yourself the opportunity to see this, perhaps you bring it up to your nose to smell. And that place is at your heart. And I would say, Om Maripa Om. Om Maripa Om. Inhaling and exhaling, repeating this mantra, allowing my focus to stay within my lotus, in my hands, in my heart, creating a sensation of tingling in the hands. And it creates the idea that this energy within you can circulate and can heal you. I would sit with this option many times to allow myself the right to feel loved and free and healed from the pain that my parents have caused me and from the loss of my dear friend. And while it is difficult and challenging to move through grief, there is a side, there is another space on the other side. And after dealing with the loss of my friend, I now realize why perhaps it maybe was so difficult for me to deal with the loss of my mother. A tragedy can turn out to be our greatest good if we approach it in a way from which we can grow.
And I know that that is a very difficult thing to hear when you're in the middle of grief because it can feel like hell. But I assure you that who you are now in a grief-stricken state is not who you are going to be. If you face it head on and acknowledge what it is that you need to heal. I'm your host, Karina Ann Poss, with the Canadian Shaman, and I do hope you will join me next week when we dive deeper into the bleeding empath.